ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Alright, we're back with more Top 8 Magic and we are talking about the black cards in Theros Beyond Death. So let's start with Ephemia the Cacophony. Uh, 1B for a 2-1 flyer. Uh, legendary enchantment creature Harpy. At the beginning of your end step, you may exile an enchantment card from your graveyard. If you do, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. It sounds kind of sweet. This might be trying to sort of be the third honorary member of the enchantments actually pay me off squad. Yeah. So, enchantments don't die. <laughs> no, you have to you have to actually discard two of them with <laughs> thirst for enough thirst and for enough. And enchantment creatures die, I guess. But yeah. like the point being that like it's not actually that easy to kill your enchantments off in right. general. Um, when you play this on turn two, the chance you're actually getting a creature is very very small, even on the next turn. Sure. Unless you do some real work. Right. I mean, in theory, like obviously, it's not a bad start to be like, you know. I'll dive on turn one, go four cards, turn two, I'll play this and immediately make it two, two. Four, four points of flying. But we're used to things that don't seem substantially differently scary than that at this point, so it's not like a guide draw or anything. It's just, right. you know, fine. Right. Um, Actually, you know what? We, we should back up for a second and just talk about agonizing remorse. Because I know we're mostly talking let's about... Let's finish remorse. this and we'll, okay, we'll yeah. go back in a second. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a long discussion. I don't want to lose my train of thought. Okay. <laughs> um, but we should talk about it. Yeah. So, Athemia is an enchantment. That's important. Right. Because the other two cards that are trying to pay you off are not enchantments. Right. This being an enchantment means that I can... And being a legendary enchantment. That's the bad part. I, you know, just because... Oh, bad part, good part, right? Like, I can play the second one and then have an enchantment in my graveyard. It's so much worse than just having the flyer. <laughs> and then if it dies, I still have it in my graveyard. Yeah. Um, so, it, it's a... I hate this sort of principle of like, well, if we know what the name of this person was in Greek mythology, we have to make it a legend, right? <laughs> and then I don't think the set has anything will pay off for legends. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I feel like if we're going to make everything a legend, can we get some cards that say, can we get some like legend style legends card effects? Right. Right? Like, you know, maybe legends get to escape. Right. Legends get, you know, because legends never die, right? Or something. I don't know. Right. But it's just nothing. And so we have this thing where if this wasn't a legend, then you could play four of it, and you would have a reasonable start to your curve of attacking creatures, and maybe sometimes you just start generating a ton of army by like doing a rest of self mill. Right. And now it's just really, really hard because you're leaning in on this card a lot, you're playing black largely to get it. You know, if you're playing it, right. you're paying a lot of mana fixing costs to get it. And then it's all super awkward. I, I think the trick with these cards is that we look at them sometimes in a vacuum of like doing what it does as opposed to like this is part of some like like there's a bunch of just like really like crappy looking black creatures that will find their way into some decks that just represent this swarm of, of things that happen. And then the and then the deck has some resili resiliency to come back after sweepers, you know, 
whether you know you get to play them from the graveyard or whatever they do, right? And so I, I think maybe this card is just like, hey, you're going to play this if if it sees play, right? You're going to play this series of cheap black creatures. Maybe there's some other cheap black enchantment creatures or decent enchantment-based removal, you know, like the last gasp removal spell that's in the format, um, where then... You know, they sweep the board and then you play the next one and you're like, ha and now I have two points of power and four points of power, six points of power over two turns where your opponents expended their resources to deal with your first wave of threat. Yeah, I mean, Timurat, in theory. Yeah. Right? Like, there's Timurat is the only cheap enchant creature in black that's worth talking about at all. Is that the minus three, minus three one? That's the demigod. Oh, Okay. Um, enchantment creature. You put Myra's Grasp in your deck, obviously. That's, yeah, that's yeah, that's, right. that's the one I was thing. trying to remember. You also put, that's an enchantment that dies. Or Marcus's favor, even if you think you have targets, which you probably don't. Right. Um, Nightmare Shepherd is, like, not a completely insane creature to play. Right. Um, these pickings feel pretty slim. I, I agree. I'm just, like, I'm just trying to present a, an altered scenario where this card is just, like, fine. Oh, sure. I mean, you can play Deadweight. Right? Yeah. I think. I forget which set it is, but I think it's a little. So, you can certainly try that. Your payoff is you get, like, one or two zombies out of this thing. Which is, like, better than playing, uh... You know, the raptor that was a 1-2 that amasses 1. But it's not that much better. <laughs> like, fundamentally speaking, right? Like... Yeah, Deadweight's definitely still... Like, you're providing side. fuel for your Priest of the Forgotten Gods. You're creating some power. But, like, it's just not that much power. Yeah. The magic's just sort of in a different place. Like, there's a day when this would have been, like, bonkers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Where if you want bonkers, but to back up a card. Yeah. So, Agonizing Remorse. One black for a sorcery. Target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it. Or a card from their graveyard. Exile that card, you lose one life. So, as I say in my article that I'm working <laughs> on, I just want to give up some props to whoever snuck this name into the set. Why, why whoever is that? convinced them to call this card Agonizing Remorse. Because the people who decide to print this are going to feel some agonizing remorse. <laughs> that they did that, I think. Like, not that it's going to break the game. It won't. Yeah. But, you know, have we not learned our lesson? Really? Was my reaction when I saw this card. Right? Like, of all the things that we remember from Theros, right? Yeah. That we thought we had to do again. Who put Thoughtseize on that list? Yeah. Right? Like, and there's a lot of cards that have, like, an echo... Of their old self. Yeah. In Theros Beyond Death. And a lot of them are worse. Yeah. Than they used to be. And this one is clearly way worse. Right? Like, the, the graveyard option is not that big a deal. The one versus two life is not that big a deal. Extra mana is a huge deal. Sure. And, but, it's, comp and it's competing with an existing card in standard at two. Thought Erasure? In Thought Erasure. That costs blue. Sure. So, yes. I will play Thought Erasure first if I have access to blue mana. Right. It doesn't mean I won't also play Agonizing Remorse... At least in my sideboard. Right. Like, I had Duress in the sideboard of my Demur deck. This is better than Duress. 
Sure. Like, yeah. I'm not sure it's always better than dressing your board, depending on where you bring it in, but these days, the decks you're dressing against actually play creatures. So I think it is just way better. And I don't want to run against eight of these. Yeah. I don't I, I, there, I don't want to run against four of these on a regular basis either. Right. Uh, it's so funny to me that wizards will be very stingy about printing hard counters, like counter anything. Um, and, may, and maybe this is maybe putting this up to two is their answer to like cancel counter spell costing cancel mana or more now. But like, there's nothing more demoralizing than playing up playing against a deck with Thoughtseize. Like it's it's just to me such a bad feeling experience. Like I just I don't think it adds a ton of value to gameplay. I I hate it. I just, love. That feeling when they play a thought sees and you realize you can show them your hand and there's nothing they can do. Sure. Right? That moment of like, no, I'm fully redundant. Sure. No matter what you take, I have a plan for the next three turns. You just wasted your turn and a card and lost two life. Or the other thing is when they go, I guess I'll thought sees you and it's turn seven and you're like, swing and a miss, lose two life. <laughs> right? Still had none of these. Right. And both of those are really cool. There's nothing. Thoughtseize is an interesting card. It creates interesting decisions. It creates interesting things to think about. But it also is murder on anyone trying to do anything fun. Right. Anything out of the ordinary. And just, yeah, it creates non-games. It creates bad play experiences and bad feelings. And, and, and that's kind of why I, I, don't, I don't mind a card like Ostracize or Duress or cards that then are, are a little more narrow-laned in terms of what they can hit. In your hand? It's a card you have to work for. You yeah. have to think about what you're doing. And yeah. say, okay, like... But also, Duress can't hit their creatures. Yeah. Which is important because it means, like, if they had... You know, it's kind of on you if you didn't play any creatures that would matter. So I can just take your one spell when you're out of luck. Yeah. That's kind of on you. Yeah. Hitting anything? Oh, well, now what? All right. What, what, what grade did you give Agonizing Remorse? The full four. four. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's definitely making it... Is... Again, like, I think this is very aptly named. I think we were all... I already have remorse when this card was printed. Like, it's just... Why? Why, wizards? Why? Like, I... You're going to make mistakes, and I'm fine with mistakes being made, because if you don't make mistakes, you're not trying. But why this? Yeah. I... I I do not love love this card at all. It just... It's an unforced error. It's like... You know, like, we're... It's almost like, okay, we're coming back to Theros. You have one job. Don't reprint Thoughtseize. Oh, god damn it, you had one job! <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, twice the cost, half the cost. Right, so I, I think it's another black uncommon we're talking about before we get to our next rare, which is yeah. Drag the Underworld. Okay. So, this is the Black Devotion card in the set. Okay. Right? I thought it was Grey, Grey Merchant. No, it's Dragon the Underworld. Oh, okay. This is a black, black, destroy target creature. If it doesn't work out, you can pay four or three. It's fine. Right? right. But this is a two mana hard removal spell. Oh, yeah. That's pretty sweet. It shouldn't be that hard to find two black pips in a lot of these decks. I like these black creature decks. Like, just very easily just get a great removal spell to go with a Murderous Rider if they just want an actual spell. Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean... I- I, w- I would love That's to where s- it is. I would love to see Eat to Extinction and Drag to the Underworld swap their 
costs, right? I would not mind seeing Eater Extinction be the devotion card. I wouldn't thing. mind swapping the names. Yeah, or that. <laughs> yeah. Eater Dist- Extinction is a Doesn't that work better, by the way? Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> but I guess you're eating a Planeswalker here. Three you, three black for instant exile target creature or Planeswalker. Look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. Okay, then you might have to adjust the art a little bit, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a lot of mana. Yeah, this card feels like it should be BB2 with Devotion. Right? Like, this is just, like, a much more interesting... Swap the costs card. and the names. Yeah. Sure. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I mean, That thing's a little cheap, actually. Yeah. Like, it's a creature or a Planeswalker and an extra effect. That's too much. But it's... Yeah, this is just a little bit too much. It, it feels uncommon. Like, it's a great card in draft, right? You'll first pick this card and love it in a draft. Right. But in Constructed, four mana removal spells need to do more than this. Like, Varaska's Contempt? Yeah. Two life mattered. Sure. And there's no two life here. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible we end up playing it because we just want Exile that much. Right. Exile Exile's great, and then maybe we just are that desperate to find other ways to put cards into our graveyard. The problem is, I think if we're that desperate, then we don't want to do it. Right? Like, we only, we only benefit from Escape if we play Escape cards. And if we can't get cards into our graveyard... To the extent that we want to play E2 Extinction to do it, then, like, we just give up. Right? I mean, I guess Pelucronos, right? You might want to just play Pelucronos because Pelucronos is awesome anyway, and then, like, yeah. the extra card matters, but it's not enough. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's fine. Uh, another card I want to ask about that's not rare is Elspeth's Nightmare. 2B for a saga. Uh, destroy target creature and opponent controls with power two or less. Uh, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non creature, non land card from it. Uh, that player discards a card, so the duress. And then uh, three exile target opponent's graveyard. I mean, one thing that's nice about sagas is you can have the first age miss, and you can still play the card. Yeah. So you can have this be like, I set up for next turn I'm going to duress you, and then immediately do something. And yeah. I paid no mana. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. The third effect is not nothing. No. You know, it's, it's oh, sometimes... We've talked, we've talked a lot about jumping through hoops to get cards into your graveyard. Yeah, so this gives them two turns to use that graveyard before <laughs> it gets lost, which is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. One turn to not have a card taken out of their hand first. Um, yeah, I see this as a thing one could do, especially, you know, clearing the path for control against control deck or something, but it's a lot of mana... And it's a lot of different things on a very weird schedule. I don't think it's likely to be there. Sure. It's kind of fringy at best. Um, this does not seem like Elspeth's Nightmare, though. Yeah. Just doesn't. Yeah. Elspeth's indigestion. Uh, Erebos Bleakhearted. Uh, 3B for 5-6 God. Indestructible. Five uh, pips of black to make it a creature. Whenever another creature you control dies, you may pay two life if you do draw a card. Uh, and then 1B, sacrifice another creature. Target creature gets minus two, minus one until end of turn. This is not that... I mean, again, we talked about the drop ball from Thassa. So Thassa and Erebos were the two most played... I think, yeah. It was probably it probably went Thassa, Erebos... Porphyros, as far as yeah, like why the why don't most... we pull up a little blast of the past here? 
<laughs> Airbus, God of the Dead, for the same price, yeah. five seven. So like the six is just kicking the nuts, right? It's like it's just like let's make this slightly worse to point out. It's slightly worse. Your opponents can't gain life. One black pay two life. Draw a card. Now the pay two life happens without without the mana cost, but it's not on your. You don't choose when. Right. It just sort of happens. Right. Every now and then, and you have this weird sacrifice ability, but it's just not very much small. It's right. minus two minus one. It's just like. Not that throwing. This is just so much not exciting compared to the old Erebos. Yeah. yeah and again, creatures are better, right? Your cards are better, creatures are better. Power has craft. You have to assume that a card needs to be better. Instead, this card is worse. Yeah. Also, you don't have any real connections to play to play with anymore. <laughs> like, it's not just free. And, you know, and it's funny, too, because, like, the players can't gain life. By itself, that mattered. Would, it would matter now. It would matter now, right? It's like yeah. I feel. In fact, it feels like something that's missing from the metagame and from this card. Yeah, it, it's possible it was there. It just doesn't fit on the card. And they had to take it out. <laughs> okay. There's so many different lines. Too of text. many words. There's so many lines of text they could have taken out instead. I know. Can we just cut the last line and change it to the old text? Maybe <laughs> then it'll be very, very similar to the old card. I don't know. It just. Yeah, I just I don't think it's there. All right, so Erebos gets... It uh, looks like Erebos only has one other card here. Uh, Erebos' Intervention. XB for an instant. Choose one. Target creature gets minus X, minus X. Until end of turn, you gain X life. Or exile up to twice X target cards from graveyards. You know, it occurs to me, we should be nice to Erebos. Because yeah. Erebos is the god of the dead. Yeah. All about things that are dead and things being dead. And then you have a whole set about cheating death. Right? It's called Beyond Death. It's about escaping from the graveyard. He's had a really, really rough couple of weeks. Okay? Yeah. Like, his department is totally in chaos. Give the guy a break. <laughs> the bad place has taken a beating. Hasn't it, though? It's not the bad place. That's, a bad, that's not how mythology works. It's more the medium place. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. No, no, no! Like it's yeah. kind of a medium place, yeah. right? Like you're, you're yeah. the Greeks think we're all kind of medium people. We all belong in a medium place. <laughs> I, I like that better than like some of you go to heaven and get all your wishes fulfilled, and some of you go to hell and like suffer for eternity. And there's no, there's very basically no middle ground whatsoever because like purgatory is just bullshit that's effectively <laughs> heaven, right? Like you tell me I have to suffer for any amount of time and then get my ultimate my ultimate perfect world forever I'm pretty much down with it it's fine I don't even care yeah so and everyone's intervention like you know what I'm kind of busy you gotta pay me you gotta pay me a lot of mana before I intervene and I'm just not gonna do very much honestly I'm just not gonna do very much it's okay this card doesn't do anything I feel like there's an awful lot of graveyard hate in this set though there's a bunch of graveyard hate, and it's weird. Yeah. Like, you'd think that they wouldn't do that. And there's also a ton of exile. Like, yeah, right, right. It's, like, not even just graveyard hate, but just, like, exile. Like, final death, not a great card. Right, obviously just a limited card. This set is strangely afraid of itself. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. When, if it's a set that shouldn't be afraid of itself, this would mostly be it. I mean, I guess the two cards... So, if there were cards in the set that I am afraid of in terms of not just, like, not this will ruin my play experience and make me miserable... Like, Agonizing Remorse. But this might be too good. I would say, yeah, a lot of them are, in fact... Like, two of the big... If I had to pick, like, 
four cards, two of them would be escape cards. Right. So, yeah, and one of them would be Heliod, right? And then, like, we can talk about the fourth one. Maybe it's another escape card, maybe it's not. But it's understandable that they just want to make sure that Uru didn't take over, you know, Pulukronos didn't go nuts. But, you know, you don't have to... Yeah, it's, 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 it doesn't seem like the way. I don't know. It's a cycle. You have to do something. The first effect just seems so expensive. You know? For what it is. Like, yeah. you know, it's so hard to kill things. Like, used to be, minus X, minus X for X would kill things. Yeah. Now it's like, hi, Love Struck Beast. <laughs> Glad you could make it. What do I do now? So, Gravebreaker Lamia? So, 4B for an enchantment creature, Snake Lamia. Yeah. Lifelink, 4-4. Four, four. When it enters a battlefield, search your library for a card, put it into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. Spells you cast from your graveyard cost one less to cast. Yeah, so the most exciting card to cast, the most exciting two cards to cast, from you, three cards to cast from your graveyard, two of them don't have a card in their casting costs, which is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them does, um, which is Pulukronos. Sure. And searching for Pulukronos seems like a very reasonable thing to do. Well, I, I assume since you're, when you escape, you're casting the card from your graveyard, this reduces escape costs in general. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So, like, one reasonable thing to think is, well, I'm going to get Pulukronos. You have to exile all the cards, but, like, yeah. you know, it gets you a good start. Uh, the other option is you're setting up a combo, and you're going to get, like, Skewer the Critics. Or you're going to get, you know, some other this is direct the, damage This spell. is what the red Yagmats will, you're thinking, at this point? Yeah, it's Bump of the Night in this set? In, in standard right now? Oh, no. Yeah, no. So you can do it in black, right? Like, you didn't have to do it in red. I guess you can just do it in red, it's fine. But, like, you just use this to set yourself up in some way. You can get Armory Phoenix with this card if you wanted to. Sure. In theory. Again, like, seems like a lot of work. And a lot of mana. Five mana is just a lot of work. That's what I mean by work, right? Yeah. yeah. Spending five mana, like, we don't have five mana to spare around these parts. Right. Not yeah. very often. Yep. So. Uh, Grey Merchant of Asphodel is a card that's uh, back, upgraded from common to uncommon, so as to not ruin limited, I guess. That's a good thing. I don't really want this thing to be something I don't want to I don't want anyone to have four copies of this unlimited that often, right? Like, right. That just seems like a bad experience. Um. That, I mean, it's a card that saw a limited amount of play in Standard at the time. Yeah, but part of that was Erebus being good. Yeah. I, and part of that was also Underworld Connections was a huge deal to that. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, I absolutely agree. And these things are gone. Like, the decks that run a lot of Black Pips don't want a 5-drop. They certainly don't want a 5-drop that has 2 power. Like, just... But again, like, for 5 mana, what can you get these days? Oh my god. 6-6 six, six Flyers that surveil as much as you want, right, for example? <laughs> Right. There's, the, there's the bolus is it at all theory of Grey Merchant, but I just don't think that works. Sure. Yeah. yeah I just don't think that comes together. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Keeping going here. I think that's one of those, like, we can reprint this and people think it's cool, and, like, they'll turn out it's useless now, and it'll be kind of cool, and if it's, like, marginally useful, that's also cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, Myers Grasp is a card that, uh, you know, we talked about. The harpy earlier that you know wanted enchantments in your graveyard. Yeah, I, this is certainly this is exciting a if you particularly want to cast enchantments yeah. slash kill off enchantments. I think it's very unexciting otherwise. Uh, also, if you have, uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's just a fine card. Uh, Nightmare Shepherd, 
QBB for a 4-4 flying enchantment creature demon. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's 1-1, one, one, and it's a nightmare addition to its own. So I, I just want to, like, just... I have a philosophical problem Yeah. with those attempting to escape the underworld, spending the rest of their existence trapped in the mire of punishment. It just doesn't seem right. Like, it is the duty of every prisoner to escape. And, like... It is especially the duty of anyone in the underworld to try and get out, right? What could be more Greek mythology? What could be more, like, what you do when you die? And you look for a way out. Like, it should be on... It's on hell to stop you from getting out, right? Yeah. It, it's on the underworld to stop you from escaping. If you escape, more power to you. Like, if you come into the underworld trying to rescue someone, you're next in line. I get it. That's fair. Because you're, you're trying to do something crazy. Right. But, like, if you're already dead. So, so Hell is just, like, a celestial, most dangerous game? I mean, apparently it's okay if you don't try to escape. Yeah. But, like, it just, there shouldn't be a mire of punishment for that. Like, come on. Like, the death is not about punishment. This is not... This is a fundamental misunderstanding of this, this whole ethos, right? It's, just, it's putting Christianity into it. Right. I have a different philosophy. And I'm not saying who's right or wrong or anything. I'm saying, like, choose your poison. Like, if you want to do a Christian set, do a Christian set. <laughs> right? And, uh, yes, don't add us when you do. Right? I'm just saying, wow. Okay, maybe not. But. <laughs> Remember that tournament report? That was awesome. Oh, Redemption Tournament Report? Redemption, yeah. I, I, you know, I haven't been able to find it, but I do have it printed out somewhere. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's, uh. It was Redemption was a, a Christian, like, biblical card game. And someone did a tournament report on the Usenet that was done in the style of a magic tournament report. And it is absolutely perfect. Yeah, people playing Soul of Tarsus without, without even Road to Damascus. Road to Damascus. It was just like, what are they even doing? Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Here. Nightmare Shepherd. Is the next card. Nightmare Shepherd is the one we were talking about, right? That was no, the... no, no, oh, no. Okay. You're not Myers Grass, but I was just like sidetracking. I was sidetracking to flavor text. Oh, we were okay. talking about Nightmare Shepherd. So it's a 4 4 flyer for BB2, which used to be something cool. And right. now it's like, well, that's not going to cut it. Yeah. But it has some text. Uh, it's, first of all, it's an enchantment creature. So if you are really into the market for enchantments, it, it's a thing. It's not a legend. But yes, you can have two copies of this. Okay. And if it dies, it still has its text when it comes back, which is cool. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that creature. So if it's a 1-1, one, one, it's a nightmare in addition to its other types, but it keeps its text. So, potentially all your creatures get to die twice. Right. And, and so it's ironic is in the legend, and, right? and it in fact gives you something if uh, your opponent wraths. Your opponent wraths, you keep everyone else as 1-1s, one, yes. Yeah. And you get your all coming to play triggers again, if that yeah. matters to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's something. Yeah, but I, again, like I, it's very hard for me to see being willing to do this, right? On that off chance, unless I'm pretty into the enchantment thing and I just don't have better alternatives, and then it's still like, eh. Yeah, I feel like there's probably some sort of convoluted combo with this card that might exist in standard somewhere. And also, like every card that says when something dies is always underwhelming. It's just almost a rule. Because there are so many ways to exile. There are so many ways to bounce. Right. There are so many ways to just not kill it. 
Right. Or just have a diet at the wrong time. It's it's just not ever a good time. Yeah. Right. There's the car. There's like the um, birthing pod that lets you sacrifice enchantments to find something that costs more than that enchantment. Like yeah. Just, you know, I feel like there's probably some sort of combo you can say. So you do that, and then you exile the card you sacrifice with the creature enchantment, and you get a token copy of it. Which now has the same cost. With a new copy to play it. effect. It doesn't... It, to, what do tokens have cost size? I keep... I never remember. Uh, if you... Uh, if the token's a copy of the card, yeah. it's going to have the same cost. So you have to do it a second time. Yeah, you get to do it a second time. So yeah, if you actually manage to invest in two four drops, <laughs> or use one of the first three, three four drops, and you use a three drop to go... You three drop to go get the four drop... Turn after that, you sacrifice something else entirely. I've already, I've already tuned this out. Would <laughs> you play commander? I yes, I've already tuned this all out. All right. <laughs> I stopped. Even like, you're not interested. Yeah, even I, even I am not interested. Um, a card that's pretty cool with the birthing pod uh, card, treacherous blessing, to be enchantment. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, draw three cards, uh, which is sweet. It's a nice, it's a nice thing. Whenever you cast a spell, you lose one life. Less sweet. Less sweet. Uh, when treacherous blessing becomes a target of a spell or ability, sacrifice it. Probably net positive. Yes, that seems. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's right bouncing. I think it's yeah. just like you don't want someone to like use yeah. boomerangs just yeah, easily yeah. get this back. Yeah. So that you know, it's actually a net detriment. In yeah. The but it's an interesting double-edged sword. It's yeah. an interesting design. Um, you know, the decks that want to draw three cards will, in fact, have to worry about just killing them if they don't do something <laughs> about it. Right. And the decks that doing convoluted things, sacrifice it for profit, seems like a lot of work to me. Yeah. I'm not excited. If we had a bunch of ways to incidentally sacrifice it in or, our decks, or, or cheaply target it, right? Like, yeah, targeting your enchantments is hard. I agree. I don't think it can't be done. Yeah. It's hard. So yeah, if, if we can figure out a way to make this a straight draw three or a straight draw three of upside, then obviously we're going to do it. But this is not one of those card draw spells that's just good. This is one of those spells that needs a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's certainly sweet. Uh, sweet is not necessarily a good thing in the grand scheme of things based on past performances of sweet. But <laughs> I mean, if you keep in mind if you had a list of cards that you didn't you said weren't sweet, they would not go well. Yeah. Those cards suck. Yeah. They're not sweet. Um yeah, no, I I, I kinda wanna see what happens with this card. I do too. Um I wish people luck. Yeah. Timurit calls the dead, a rare saga, to be uh, chapter one and two are both put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. I would be sold right there. <laughs> Good enough for me. Then you may exile a creature and chat. Oh, I don't want to exile anything from my graveyard. You may. I may. Okay. If you do create a two-two black zombie creature token, and then chapter three you gain X life and scry X, where X is the number of zombies you control. So it's. I'm not into this. Yeah. I was into it in chapters one and two. Chapter three. This is bad. They didn't stick the landing. This is like uh, Stephen Moffat's Dracula. I mean, I'm just never going to see it now that you, you <laughs> poo-pooed it so much. I, it's got great performances. First two chapters are excellent. Third chapter. Don't care. Not yeah, so much. We're out. 
Uh, all right, so Timurit Chosen from Death. You mentioned this card earlier. It's a double pip enchantment that's cheap. BB for a two-star, yeah. and the toughness is equal to your devotion to black, so very similar to Daxos. Yeah, uh, except not. <laughs> and then this has one black, one and a black, at, uh, colon, exile up to two target cards from graveyards, gain one life for each creature card exiled this way. This, this is no Daxos. Yeah. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. It is awesome. I mean, it could be a, like, decent so, card in the Heliod Splashed, like, weirdness, maybe, but... It's scavenging ooze-ish. It's ooze-ish? But you don't... Getting a life is very different from putting a counter on it. And two mana is not one. And double block is not one G. And, yeah. It's... It's fine if you need that effect, I guess. And you like are in the market for exactly this. Yeah. Um, but I'm not. Yeah. Oh, it's spelled Timurit. Okay, that's why I can't. Find yeah. It. Underworld dreams, by the way, how the mighty have fallen. I mean, the, the money fell a while ago. Let's not be kidding ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Woe Strider, 2B for a 3 2. This is the last rare in black. When Woe Strider enters the battlefield, create a 0 1 white goat creature token, sacrifice another creature, scry one. And then this has escape 3BB, exile four other cards, and it, won't, and it escapes with two plus one plus one counters on it. I don't know why this is rare. It certainly doesn't feel rare. No. It's not powerful. It's not pump. Not it's not really that. Kind. It's like well, we put this extra like scry sacrifice another creature. Scry. We have all this weird additional text. So I guess it's rare or something. But like it's just not a rare. Fundamentally, it's just like a draft uncommon. Yeah. Right? Like it's just. I don't care. Right. Like there's nothing here for me. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to red, and we'll start with the Acroan War. So another Saga, this one is 3R, uh, 1, gain control of target creature for as long as the Acroan War remains on the battlefield. Okay. Uh, 2, until your next turn, creatures your opponents control attack each combat if able. Alright. And then 3, each tapped creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. Okay, this is a fairly convoluted, uh, justice strikey... <laughs> Type of card here. I mean, how much time do we have? God. <laughs> how many things can go wrong with this card? I kill the creatures two turns later. Ugh. Well, I take one of your I take one of your creatures, and theoretically, I blunt your attack with it next turn. Then on my and on my next turn, I get the theory, which is you get to like have two of their creatures trade off against each other. Yeah. And then, like, their tap creatures die. But caustic four. Like, if you take it... One of the problems is, like, the creature you take, like... You're going to have to attack with it, or it's not going to be tapped. If it isn't... Uh, it's, it's, well, you just block with it on chapter two. You'd hope. You don't know. Take the biggest one that doesn't die to their other creatures, or do you take this medium-sized one? You, try? you take the biggest one... Oh, yeah, then at the beginning of chapter... No, yeah, this card is weird. I, I, I'm just not buying this at all. Yeah. Like, just, we don't have this... We can't afford to be this weird. Like, without... 
What, what does that card need to cost for you to be interested? Because it can't be too cheap. You knock it down to three and I'm interested. It's, okay. Because now I'm threatening at three mana and then like with upside. Right. But not at four. Yeah. Uh, were there any non-rare red cards that jumped out at you? I mean, we probably want to talk about an axe. Which one? The next card. Okay. Like the demigod. So one red red for a star three where its power is equal to your devotion to red. So similar to the others that had the toughness equal to the yeah, devotion. Yeah, so it's a two three by default. Yeah, counterpoint, right? It starts out as a two three. Whenever annex or another non-token creature you control dies, create a one one red satyr token. There's your satyrs. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my satyrs. Yeah, Are you excited right. now? No. Okay, just checking. Uh, you yeah. asked. <laughs> if the creature had power four or greater, create two of those tokens instead. Yeah. So the theory is like he'll usually take a he'll usually give you a one one left over. He lets you just alpha strike up all your one and two drops, and then like you get one one for everything that dies. You know, if you play. Torben after him, then suddenly he attacks for seven. Right. Yeah, there's some stuff going on here. It's one of those, like, unfortunately this card goes in exactly the red deck that already exists and does not make me want to brew anything new. Right. right? There's nothing non-optimal about the card that already exists. So just, it just make, but it makes your deck a little more resilient, right? Yeah, I mean, well, it's a different form of resilience, right? This is yeah. taking the place of, like, often Tiplet or Chandra. Right. At three. So it's, another, it's just another choice you can put in that slot. Right. All right, well, moving on, we get all the way down the alphabet. Wow, slim we pickings, go... Slim pickings, we, slim we, pickings, we, really we, slim pickings. It's an Ox of Agonis. Yes. So Ox of Agonis is 3RR for 4-2. When it enters the battlefield, discard your hand, then draw three cards, and then it has escape. RR, exile eight other cards from your graveyard, uh, and it escapes with a plus one, plus one counter on it, so it's a five. So three. it's really cheap in mana to escape, but it's really expensive yes. in cards. Yeah, really interesting, actually. Yeah, we can contrast that with the other cards, right, which are usually the opposite. They're expensive yeah. in mana and then take less cards. So this is a card that I think is an older format potential star, right? It's a five three for RR, um, not costing you a card, then refold your hand. Right. In standard, it's got a lot more work we've got to figure out how to do because eight cards is a lot of cards. Yeah. And also, like, you can't really cast it. Right? It's like, it's just five mana to discard your hand, draw three, and be able to get a four two is awkward at best. Yeah. I mean, ideally, it's going to be the last card you play and you draw three, but. But you're hoping. Yeah. But, yeah. So you, you see this as older format. You don't you don't see this as yeah exiling eight is. So it's gonna difficult. be hard. I don't, I'm not ruling it out. I'm saying it's gonna be hard. Right, but I, I feel like so as we go through red, we're gonna come to another card that has I think a lot of potential and is really gonna want as many cards in your graveyard as possible. And so the Ox of Agonist might be working at cross purposes to that card or not, right? Yeah. I think there's going to be a big debate of if I'm doing a bunch of work to fill my graveyard, well, that's going to mill me an escape card pretty much all the time. So do I want a lot of escape cards to make sure that I have a choice? Or right. that I always have stuff to do? Or do I want 
like only the best possible thing to do with my graveyard and not waste my graveyard on something else. And I think that both approaches have merit. Okay. Well, let's talk about another escape card here, Phoenix of Ash. Uh, a card that, you know, we see this card get played in some form or another every time there's, you know, a version of a three casting cost, two power haste Phoenix, which is what this is, flying haste, two, two for one RR. Um, in this case, it has two R, Phoenix of Ash gets plus two minus plus zero until end of turn, and then it has escape two RR, exile three other cards, and it escapes with a plus one plus one counter. Yeah, I can't get excited. Uh, I, know I mean, I'm not super excited about it. Do I fully expect to play against this card in week one in on the standard ladder? Yes. Yeah, and I'm going to be pissed about it. <laughs> not that I'm going to, not that it's anyone's fault. It's just, yeah, fine. Can I do this again? Yeah. Blech. Yeah, it's going to happen. That art is not very good. Well, that's how you know it's bad, right? Not my favorite piece. It's, it's not a good card. Uh, Perforos, the bronze. You have noticed that, right? They make a deliberate effort. Yeah. To like, it's weird because it implies correctly that they know what their good art is and what their bad art is. Right, like, and they commission art pieces four cards, which makes you wonder. Well, you know, I mean, I, I always hate to be critical uh, of the artwork because also a lot of times you can't tell on a card, like bigger pieces, things look different at different sizes. So, uh, I, I just meant the whole thing of like you can actually, if you took an artist, right, and you told him pick out the good cards in the set, they'd actually pick out the good cards in the set pretty reliably. Awesome. It's, it's interesting. I forget. I forget who told me. One you covered the, the rarity symbols. Right? One, one of the that? artists told me that the key to knowing how much work to put into a card, yeah. and whether or not you want to make the commitment of doing that piece digitally versus physically, because it's easier to make a card digitally. Right. But if you do the card physically, you have an aftermarket for the artwork, right? Right. Where you could sell that original art. Yeah. But original art to like meh cards, even though the market's gone up, still is slower than. You know, if you're doing a Planeswalker, if you're doing a Key Legend. Or right. doing, and so a comma in the card name is a big giveaway. It's for, gold. <laughs> Commas are gold. Commas are gold, yes. They, they love a comma. They're not reliable, but no. they are a big they're, plus. They're a leading indicator. Yes. <laughs> all you have is the name, right? Yeah. And a description of what, what, yeah. you're, what you're right. You don't, you, don't, you don't have the abilities. Yeah, no, no. So, yeah, you don't know. So Perforos, comma... The brown's blooded. It also makes it a planeswalker much more often, which yeah. is like just already obviously huge. Yeah. Well, I think they tell you if it's a planeswalker because yeah, you have to know for the size. Yeah. 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 Uh, four R for a seven six god, indestructible as long as your devotion to red is less than five. Perforos isn't a creature. Other creatures you control have have haste. Two R you may put a red creature card or an artifact creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. I wanted this to work. I wanted this to be interesting. And I tried. I mean, it doesn't mean that I can't find something later, but... I mean, what's... It's what, hard. What's, I guess, interesting about this card is that when you can activate it and put something into play, it has the potential to also turn on Perforos. Yes. And, and, and because it'll have haste... Because other creatures you control have it with Perforos in play, you you do get to um, 
play the game at a different tempo than is normally this dictated. Set, this set has some interest. There are some interesting things out there to put into play. This set has a five-five flyer that gives your creatures double strike this turn. Bloop. Um. But here's the thing. It costs seven. Yeah. Right? So, so like, basically, Perforos, the problem with Perforos is that Perforos is telling you a lot of things. Yeah. It's telling you creatures have to be red or artifacts. They can't be green, for example. Yep. It's telling you you have to find five red pips. So four of them have to come from not Perforos if you want to turn this thing on. Yeah. And it's telling you your things have to be good enough. You, you want them to be used to attack one, to come into play and then die on one turn rather than already being cast. Right. And uh, you're not going to get all these things. <laughs> you're going to get some of these things. Right. You're not going to get all of these things. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Right. They're just too much at cross purposes. So that's my problem with this card. Yeah. It's totally, uh, totally reasonable. I tried. Like, I tried to do an Iron Craig feat thing where I had like multiple ways to backdoor into things. The problem being, like, getting to five requires you to play green. And then, like, what's your... Also, five is an awkward number, right? Like, is this competing against Nyssa in that slot? Right. Like, it's, you have to play so many bad cards. It's not, it's not doable. All right, how about Perforos's Intervention? X, R, Q. No. No. No, just no, I think. Choose one. It's a sorcery. Choose one. Create an X, one red elemental creature with Trample and Haste. Sacrifice at the beginning of the next end step. So giant ball lightning. Except that to make a ball lightning, no, you actually need to spend small ball. It's a mini <laughs> to, ball lightning. To create an actual ball lightning, you need to spend seven. Ball lightning is like three pills of lightning, right? <laughs> you look at the picture, and like you're gonna get one of those. Uh, and then uh, yeah, deal up to X damage to target creature. Yeah, okay. It does twice that. It's yeah. no. It's just not. Fit. It's not doing anything. All right, storm herald. So two R, for a three two haste. When it enters the battlefield, return any number of aura cards from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to creatures you control. Exile those auras at the beginning of your next end step. If those auras would leave the battlefield, exile them instead of putting them anywhere else. So this is a no fun card too. Like if somehow you were able to make this card good where you were like attack and then bounce these auras back to my hand to do something with later on, you can't. Yes, it has all the no fun causes on it. Yes. You would think that they would put some of the not all of the no fun causes. Um, yeah, uh, maybe there's a thing you can do where you like self mill a lot of auras into the yard and you play Storm Herald and then you win. Sure. I have no idea what it is. Right. Like it seems like a deck full of terrible cards. <laughs> For one thing, there are auras. Yeah, and it's a great trick. You can only do it once. Kind of. <laughs> I mean. It's an okay trick, and I can only do it once. <laughs> uh, Storm's Wrath. So we've got two Wraths in this format. Two RR, Sorcery. Storm's Wrath deals four damage to each creature and each Planeswalker. It's like... The Anger of the Gods. Yeah. Part two. Yeah. Like, slightly angrier. Is this enough? It's good. It's good, yes. It's not great. That's, yeah. It's sad when, like, the most important three drop doesn't die to the four mana wrath. Yeah. Did you give this card three or four stars? 
Not give it four stars. You did give it four. I did not give it oh, four. Oh, you did not give it four. I think the white wrap is better. Yeah. Did you give it three? Yeah. Oh. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, why wouldn't I? Like, it's... Yeah. It's a very, very solid, like, have red queen some house. Like, one thing you can do with this is play Love Strike Beast and then sweep the board. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's certainly a thing one can do. That makes sense. Yeah. And if you're up against Love Struck Beast, you can, well... <laughs> so, like... Kill their one one. <laughs> like you could play like a Jun deck that plays like Regasaur and Love Struck Beast and just be like, but and obviously the problem is your one one died. But like yeah. you know, figure something out. There's always some, more one ones. It was blocking anyway, right? There's always more one ones. There's, uh, that's not actually true. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, you don't play green black. Uh, Tectonic Giant. Yeah, I do sometimes. All right. Two R R for a three four. Elemental Giant. Whenever a Tectonic Giant attacks or becomes a target of a spell and opponent controls, you choose one. You deal three damage to each opponent, or exile the top two cards of your library, choose one of them, and until the end of your turn, you may play that card. Until the end of your next turn, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. Maybe I'm spoiled by Bumpcrusher Giant, but no. <laughs> uh, thrill of Possibilities back in this set. Um, let's talk about Underworld Breach. Because this is this is another card that has shifted in your since your initial evaluation of it. Yeah, I didn't quite read it right. So right? like I just sort of mentally assumed you could only cast the spell once. One R. Because of course it gets exiled. Because why right. wouldn't it? Right. The, oh, card, the card says nothing of the sort. Sorry about that. Clearly, that's entirely my reading. <laughs> but right. Well, you know, it's so it's understandable when you see a card like Storm Herald, which goes through such great pains. To make sure you can't do anything fun or crazy, like no matter how many hoops you're willing to go through, right? That then you get the Underworld Breach, which is one R enchantment. Each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. This card is like literally all Hellbreaks loose, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. This, this card is actually the scene where they turn off the containment field in Ghostbusters. <laughs> I mean, literally. Uh, and then at the beginning of your end step, you sacrifice Underworld Breach. Um, yeah, this card. So the, the thing you were thinking about is uh, something like Skewer the Critics, right? Where you said if you could get to, you play this card with three extra red mana up and a bunch of cards in your graveyard. Let's do nine. You could just do nine. Assuming well, it's not unreasonable. Yeah. yeah you could do Reflect Secret Keeper, like start milling cards. You can't keep doing it the same Secret Keeper, unfortunately, but it can certainly get you some more ammo. There's a lot of things that, you know, they don't cost you a card. They make a lot of sense. Sure. And they can combine. By, by, by the way, in a blue-red deck with Drowned Secrets, where if you're... Uh, underworld breaching blue cards, they pay for themselves by two thirds. Yeah, it's true. I think it's a lot of work. Well, I agree. I'm just saying, like, you know, sometimes you have to do a lot of work on these kind of decks, right? This feels very stormy. Very. This feels like the type of card that is going to uh, require a lot of work. But. Yeah, I think if you're doing a lot of work, like this is definitely an extra escape. Clause. Yeah. By, escape by, method. By, by the way, also in some formats where like there's rituals, like in older formats, 
This gets incredibly stupid. Well, we all know about Yagmoth's roll. Yeah. Which costs one more mana than this. And and so much more mana than this. Well, it means you don't you want to recast your cards, right? Yeah. This requires you to exile three cards every time you do anything, but that that requires you to exile everything you've used and didn't right. let you re regroup during it. So the new version just lets you like, no, you just do this the entire time, no matter what gets into your graveyard. Right. You can get your graveyard back, you can do lots of right. funky stuff. So if you had like nine lands in your graveyard and a dark ritual, you could just make what what is that? Seven mana? You ritual three times, yes. You yeah. can do that. So this is this is the thing one can do. I mean it's just like that's fairly broken, right, in that regard. Sure. Very very powerful. So uh, the question is, what do you do? What do you do with this in standard? Is it like recur bolt a bunch of times? Is it um, is there some sort of mill strategy where you can actually mill your opponent out? Like, is there something that um, like you talked about with like secret keepers or other cards where maybe you you know you mill yourself, mill yourself, and then you're like, okay, now flash all these cards back repeatedly against you to try to mill you out. Is there something that does that? I, I mean, know. I think if, we're, if we can self-mill ourselves, we can just jace, right? Sure. In general. Sure. We could jace. We... Hear me out. We could fast as Oracle. No. <laughs> uh, worth noting that it is a non-land card that would have escape in your graveyard. I understand that. <laughs> so does Jace. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yeah, this this is a this is a powerful card. I mean, I could also see applications for this card, which is just like in some sort of like Jeskai control deck, where you're just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna flash these three cards back that I, you know, draw some cards, uh, kill that, play a planeswalker, right? Go, like. You know, like 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 the way Yagmat's will was sort of intended to be played. Yeah, and I I think that that's just not an unreasonable play pattern. I think somebody. it's fine to just put in a red deck, like and just you know burn you up twice at one point later in the sure. game. Oh sure, whatever. Like just not think about it very carefully because again, you only need one card you want to cast. Right. And then a bunch of cards in your graveyard, and you can find various ways to try and fuel that. And, yeah. So they, I mean, there's never a deck that are just like I just have one or two of these like. There's no grand plan. Right. Just why not? Right. Similarly, like, if you're not playing any escape cards, all the escape cards start to look pretty good. Right. It's an interesting, it's an interesting card to hit off of uh, Experimental Frenzy. Because... So <laughs> okay. Let's do this, I guess. Question mark? You know, just like, yeah. throw these cards at you. Anyway, yeah, this, I, I think this card's super sweet. It's one of my favorite cards in the set. Yeah. I predict that my love for this will go down the equal to the number of times I play against it. Like, it feels I like... it's going to be dumb. Uh, it feels it's like I will like dumb. that less than uh, I enjoy playing it. Yeah. Which is an interesting way to measure cards. Like, how much do I enjoy playing with this versus having it played against me? And this, this feels like... I, I, you know, like Oko was very much like, yeah, oh, wow, I win a lot when I play Oko. Oh my God, this is miserable. I never win. Right, but I don't like feel that happy when I play with it. Yeah. I actually feel sad. I'm just <laughs> like, okay, sure, win. Like, it's not, you know, 
Yeah. There are cards that like, you know, when I played Divisit, it's like, yeah, let's do this. And when my opponent plays Divisit, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, that's my, that, I think that's my contender for, for actually for the best red card. I mean, I don't think that's competition. Yeah. So, okay. So we, we've got, uh, we've got one more bit to do and we'll do green multicolored artifact and lands all in one, uh, big swoop. Sounds good. Uh, or do you think, what, do you think we should just do green now? And let's do green now. Yeah. Okay. Let's do green now and then we'll come back because... Certainly, gold like, could take a while, and there's a lot more cards, the gold cards to talk are very, about there. Very thick. We might even not get them today, so we'll see. All right. So green starts for Rasta, the Endless Web. I liked this card a lot more when I first saw it. Do you just like spider spawning? I do. I love spider spawning, but like I don't. I want to be the person casting the non-creature spells and making spiders, not you. I don't want to be reliant on the kindness of opponents. <laughs> To give me spiders. Maybe the card is not good. <laughs> uh, two GG for a legendary enchantment creature spider with reach. It's a three five, uh, which is definitely spider creep. Uh, whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, create a one two green spider creature token with reach. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Like by modern standards, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was like you were doing stuff and making additional spiders. I'm like, oh, this card might be sweet. It's, it's, it's whatever. Uh, the Binding of the Titans. You know that's not rare, right? I do know it's not rare. I, I just, I just like the card. Why? I like putting cards in my graveyard. I, I like cards. mulching. I know. Very few cards. Like, basically, you know, you're doing your opponents vaguely, you know, kind of washy. Like, it's a little bit good for you, I guess. Yeah. Mostly, you're like, no three cards. Two turns later, get something back. Yeah, I mean, probably, yeah, get a land or a creature, whichever I need more. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. Um, but we'll... I, I think you can consider it if you're all in on escape, but... Yeah, like, that, I mean, that, and that's... the all in. Yeah. Which, I mean, if I'm going to, certainly in week one, whatever decks I try, I'm going to just try to be all in on escape, right? I'm going like, on something. Yeah. Plus, why am I even here? Right. Uh, Dryad of the Elysian Grove. This was the card, by the way. 2G. I gave it zero stars. Yeah. And then Brad Nelson had an article. Yeah. Which is entitled, you know, this card is amazing, but you got to do it. But, but yeah, and here's how to make it work. And I'm like. Yeah. How do you make it work? I assume you play in formats of Fetchlands. Oh, okay. Um, or you do something. I don't even know. You can't. So my brain just assumed you can play lands out of your graveyard or something when I said that because like it doesn't do anything, right? So like you may play an additional land on each of your turns. Yeah. Okay. And then lands you control are every basic land type in addition to their other land types. Yeah, but okay. Like you should be very wary of super fixing. Of your car, because when a car just fixes all of your problems, <laughs> then you might not have it. Right. And so you have to plan for what if you don't have it. And so now, like, it's not that much more valuable than a car that fixed one of your problems, effectively, in terms right. of your planning. Right. So you know, the difference between this and just, like, having a Paradise Druid in terms of fixing your color is very small. Sure. In practice. Yeah. Right? Paradise Druid will almost always solve your problems if you build your deck correctly. So, 
How often am I going to get multiple land drops out of this thing? Like, pretty rarely, right? Yeah. I mean, it certainly seems... Like, is this better than Risen Reef? Right? Is this better than Uru? Is this better than... Maybe you throw them all in the same deck. No? Yeah. It's not... It's not a... They all cost the same amount of mana? <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. That's why I was naming them? <laughs> you know, is this better than just, you know, playing a card that provides mana? Like, just 2-4 doesn't do anything anymore. I'm just not interested. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of sitting in, like, the center courser slot. But, like, it's just such a sad courser. Like, courser takes over the game. Yes. This does not take over your game. No. No. Um, I'm trying to think about what you're doing with this. Is there... And there's no way to play... Is there any way to play lands out of your graveyard? Not without casting another spell. Yeah. And there's, like... It's not... Again, like, it's just the best case scenario is you play an extra land every turn. And it's just not that great yeah. at this point. Like, you know, you cast this on... Cast this on turn two off of a Gilded Goose or a Royal Grazer, and then you... I don't even know. Like, Securities Rock solves all your problems, right? Like, why don't you cast that? <laughs> why are we doing all this work? Um, all right. First, I row in games. Uh, another Saga 2G for uh, Chapter 1, create a 1-1 one, one human soldier token. Chapter 2, uh, put three plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. Chapter three, if you control a creature with power four or greater, draw two cards. Chapter four, create a gold token. Shouldn't this be a villager? You know, it'd be, be a human, like regular human. Like, why is it a soldier? Right, make it a human. Put three plus one plus one counters on it. Make it a soldier, maybe? No, no, no. But I, 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 no, I'm making the argument that like when you play in the Olympic Games, you're not a soldier. You're an amateur. That's the whole idea. You're, you're a citizen. The whole point was to have the people compete. Right? Like, it wasn't like the best of the Athenian army and the best of the Spartan army got together. Right. That's some that's, that's bullshit. It was the best of us, all of us, right. compete. Um, but so, that's obviously not really the point here. I also hate the fact that there's a stage four here, by the way. <laughs> I mentioned that to you over lunch. Just the idea that and I assume gold token is just like sacrifice it for any color it's a mana. It's a treasure. Yeah. But it's just, it's just such a, like, and the card doesn't explain it. So I'm like, what the hell is a gold token, right? And I yeah. forget, so I can look it up. And it's, like, it's an extra confusion. There's no need for a fourth stage here. It doesn't do anything. It's very, very small effect. Because three turns later, I get one mana. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, whatever. But um, I do think the card is good, though. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the, the other thing that it does is it keeps the card around for a turn, so you have a pep or right. whatever. But. Still, the Olympics never end. It's true. It lasts for weeks. God. So many commercials. <laughs> but um, so the nice things about this card are one, potentially it's a four four and two cards. That's not bad. Right. Or like four four worth and two cards. Two, it's a one one, and then you put the three counters anywhere you want. So like for example, it's a one one that lets you attack if a love struck beast. Sure. And you put the counters on, like, the Love Strike Beast or some other creature if you don't want to lose the 1-1. One, one. Uh, or you can put them on a creature that has something like Evasion right. or some benefit. So you can put them on Gilded Goose, right? Yeah. Say the turn on turn 3, maybe? Yeah. And just attack for 3. You could put them on Sir Farron, the Hedgehammer. Ooh. And then attack. I like that. Right? That's something I had in mind. 
Yeah, that's like putting the counters on both your token and your other creature. That was what I was thinking. Yeah. You, know, you have options. Um, and again, like, you don't need to be that creature to survive to have power four. You right. need someone. Right. So this is a pretty good value. It doesn't work with all the cards you want to work with, but it's it's pretty solid. So right. I'm into this card. Yeah. I, I play, it definitely plays very well with Lovestruck Beast. Yeah, I mean, they both cost three, so you're a little bit fighting for the same slot, but also, like, that's fine. Uh, Mantle of the Wolf is next up in the rares. 3G for an enchanted creature. Enchanted creature gets plus 4, plus 4. And then when it's put into the graveyard from the battlefield, create two, two, two green wolf creature tokens. So this elephant guy, can we just scale it up a bit? It's not big enough. <laughs> we need to pay more. No. No, we don't. It's fine. Move on. Uh, Nessian Boar. Uh, someone was... Oh, they were talking about this card in... Uh, during the Pro Tour team series, Caleb liked this card as a... Uh, he didn't think it would see much play in Constructed, but he, he thought it was a, a really interesting card in Limited. I mean, Limited, it's like you... 3GG for a 10-6. All creatures able to block Nessian board do so. Yep. Whenever Nessian board becomes blocked by a creature, that creature's controller draws a card. So they get to draw a card for all their creatures, and then all the creatures die. And maybe the board dies, and maybe the board doesn't. <laughs> right. Maybe they die, and depending on how you time they it. Die. Yeah, yeah. It's weird from the picture; it doesn't trample. Yes, <laughs> and I'm from the concept, right? You think it yeah. would trample, but yeah, this is an interesting design. In limited, I yeah. think that's an accurate description. There's something about a ten power, maybe question marks. I didn't. I can't quite dismiss anything with ten power. Sure. And the and also like provoking your entire team, opponent's team. Not useless. Right. Question mark? No. Yeah. And I also, don't see it. Yeah, sticking it against someone who doesn't play creatures. Is 10, ma 10 damage for 6 for 5 mana, which is like, okay, a little above par? Yeah. Things are so stupid. A little, a little above par is such no. a damning statement. I know! <laughs> uh, I know you like uh, Nessie and Horn Beetle. Yeah. Uh, uncommon. It just seems really exciting because you go turn 2, Horn Beetle. Sure. Turn 3, your pick of... Well, I can, can, I, can I go turn one Pelt Collector? Sure. Turn two Horn Beetle, now I have yeah. four power on the board. And now you can go turn three, let's say, Rule Spellbreaker, Yorgor, Lovestruck Beast. Right. We have a lot of choices here to get to four naturally. And then turn four, back up another four power creature, like maybe Questing Beast in case something goes wrong. And now I think you're pretty dead. I didn't right. do math, but I think right. you're pretty dead. So, so this card jumps ahead of the line, ahead of a bunch of rares for you, right? Yeah. In terms of impact. I mean, two-drop situation is sucks for a while, right? Like, Gruel has had this problem of, well, I guess I play Zyrtok Goblin, or I guess I play these adventure creatures, because I can't do better. And I play Paradise Druid just six hours to four, because my twos just suck that much. But, like, you don't really want to... Your depth curve stops at five. You're, you, you're an aggro deck. Why are we playing Paradise Druid? What the hell happened? Right. I mean, it's a terrifically great card, and all our other options are terrible cards, so we're playing it. But that's not a good answer. <laughs> we shouldn't be. So. Uh, all right, so let's round out our, our colored gods here with Nylea, Keen-Eyed, 3G for 5-6, Indestructible God, uh, as long as your devotion to green is 5 or less, etc., um, or is less than five, I should say. 
Uh, creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. It's interesting. And then uh, 2G, you reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it into your hand. Otherwise, you may put it into your library. Graveyard, yeah. Uh, into your graveyard, sorry, yeah, yeah. Card's kind of neat. I'm not buying this. This is so slow and convoluted. But what if you have Gaius Cradle and a lot of creatures? Oh, we're talking about different formats, that right? The Emperor has already won. <laughs> <laughs> or am I missing something? Yeah. No, no, I don't I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'm unimpressed for the most part with this whole cycle of gods. As I said, like, yeah. when you come back to Theros, why do four of my five gods kind of suck? Yeah, it's kind of like going back to And Gold. by the way, that's just the minimum amount of suckage. But, 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 Some of them take a lot. But by the way, this again goes back to Ghostbusters. You know, and someone asks, are you a god? Well, maybe. <laughs> no, you say yes. You say yes, but, you know, the answer really here is kind of like, maybe. I mean, the, the, the better, the, see, the implication of that statement, right, that you should remember is when someone tells you that they're a god. <laughs> right. Don't be so sure. <laughs> uh, interesting that Nylea doesn't have uh, some X cast. Oh, there it is. I see it. There's the X spell. So, uh, Nylea's Intervention, XGG, choose one, search your library for up to X land cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library, or Nylea's Intervention deals X damage to each creature with flying. I thought Nylea's sort of just in this corner, like, talking to, like, Nyssa and Garak and being like, God, we get these effects again? This isn't fair at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that, you know, is this a card that you see? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I thought you could tell. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just double checking. Yeah. Um, Nyx Bloom Ancient. Uh, so four G G G uh, enchantment creature trample five five. If you tap a permanent for mana, it produces three times as much of that mana instead. So. We talk a lot about standard, we talk about limited. Cards are created for different formats. This card is created very specifically for the format of judge exams. <laughs> this is a... This but also 20 years from now, this card will cost $100. <laughs> this card is there to... Right? Yes. Yeah. This is... Uh, Even though I will never play it. Correct. This is, this is a card that will be highly sought after in foil and alternate art versions for Commander, even though there's nine things that already do effects like this. Snap this up if you care. Hashtag MPG Finance. <laughs> but it sucks. <laughs> put it away and then go, what? It's worth how much? And then, yeah, put, and like, then put it back away. Because that's mean, how magic cards work. Yeah, I mean, it pays for your retirement, except it never will because you won't sell it, right? So... <laughs> Um, also, Magic won't last forever, so shrug. Wow. But. Wow. What a downer. What a downer. I mean, I mean, you know, people have been saying that for 25 years. Yes, and eventually they'll be right. <laughs> they were always right. It just, they, they had, a, it's going to be a while. Yeah. Like, we're going to be around for another 10, minimum. But like, I was just saying, like, maybe not planning for, like, ages of civilization people, here. People still get together in the Meadowlands and play Star Wars CCG at big events even without the company making the game or supporting it, I feel pretty confident that as long as we're here 25 years from now, we'll still be able to play Magic. We'll and easily find people to play with. We'll still be able to play. Yeah. 
Uh, you won't even have to deal with the fact that they're making these things they call Star Wars movies. <laughs> uh, Cetessian <laughs> Champion. Cetessian Champion. This is one of the early cards that got spoiled from this set. And I mentioned it earlier. Yeah, 2G, 1-3. It's, yeah, it's an exciting card to play. Like It's, it's a good enchantress, right? Yeah. It's a very good enchantress because... Well, it's kind of like two enchantresses in one, right? It reminds you a little bit of... Was it Yavamaya Enchantress that would get a counter every time you played? And then Argothian Enchantress is the one that would draw you a card. Is there one that just had plus one, plus one for every enchantment? Oh, maybe yeah, it was plus one, plus one for yeah, every enchantment. You can play it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, this requires you to do the work in, in the right order. Yes, that's but true. But it's still, like, can, it, this, this can be somebody, right? right? Yeah. Which is important. Uh, and that's kind of it for the rares. Kind I, of I, a downer, though. A blessing is not a gift, it is a duty. <laughs> like... Why is she so down? <laughs> I, I don't know. Mr. Magic might still be here in 10 years. Mr. <laughs> Magic will be here. I mean, sorry. It's all right. It's okay. Um, so, okay. So that's that's it for the five colors of magic. But now we get to go into yeah. gold and artifacts and stuff like that. We'll do that in a separate uh, cast. Uh, there aren't that many of them, but that's where they put a lot of power. Yeah, and so. you know that's where a lot of the rares tend to be, right? Yeah, so, that too. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that uh, takes us through uh, the five colors so far. We'll be back with more uh, Theros Beyond Death here at Top 8 Magic after this.